This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Today, we're wrapping up our look at some of the biggest stories of the year and the injection of AI, a hot button issue globally, into the Las Vegas economic engine is certainly one of them. Got to say, in our hospitality forward economy, the fear of the robots taking over comes across as way more real than most places. It was a major plank of the historic culinary union contracts negotiated this fall. Today on CityCast Las Vegas, we revisit a deep and even a little dark conversation with Jeff Carter of the Las Vegas Weekly. From bots to algorithms, we survey the scene and try to predict when AI will be an entrenched part of our gambling and hotel culture, or if it already has. It's Friday, December 29th. I'm David Figler. Here's what Las Vegas is talking about. Welcome back to CityCast Las Vegas. Senior editor at the Las Vegas Weekly, Jeff Carter. Hi, David. Thanks. Oh, so good to see you back here again, man. All right, Jeff. Chat GPT, it's here. And it turns out that the AI behind it all is kind of scary good with caveats. So what are the odds the robots are going to take over Las Vegas? Uh, minimal. Oh, good. Minimal. For now. Yeah, well, but, but we'll definitely see them. We're already seeing AI creeping in. It's just done so on the down low. There's, you know, AI chatbots at uh, Resorts World at Cosmopolitan. There's a, uh, how do you call it, a robot patrolling at the M Resort, a 600-pound security robot. The bouncer robot. The bouncer robot, yeah. What's that one look like? It kind of looks like a mailbox with a, like a combo of a mailbox and a cone head. <laughs> okay. It consumes mass quantities. Right, right. And, and it's kind of hefty. And what is it doing? Is it like checking IDs? Is it, I don't know, uh, pushing drunks to the <laughs> curb? Uh, no, I, I think its sole function is observe and report, but it has uh, infrared vision. So the Paul Blart, it's a Paul Blart bot. It's a, it's a Paul Blart <laughs> bot with, you know, with crazy good eyes. Yeah. And what are those AI robots uh, doing at Resorts World? Can you kind of paint the scene or the Cosmo? Uh, they're just chatbots similar to ChatGPT or uh, or Bard. You, you get them on your phone, on your laptop, on your pad. You just type into them, ask them, you know, what restaurant should I go to? Tell me about this show. It answers all the questions that a concierge used to answer. Okay. And they, they probably have clever little names. Yeah. The one at Cosmo is called Rose. I don't know what the one at Resorts World is called off the top of my head. All right. So in your article, you interviewed a fellow named Robert Rippey, who's the executive director of UNLV's Blackfire Innovation Hub. He's got a PhD in hotel administration, so he knows what he's talking about, I would imagine. And he seemed to have a calmer take on the situation. Uh, he talked about something called cobots. What's that all about? 
Cobots, it's his term for robots that do things that people can't, like, uh, you know, or, or AI, you know, brute force computing that does stuff that, you know, people can't do easily. The infrared vision on the security robot is a great example of that. He also mentioned uh, robots that can sniff for gunpowder, mm. which which we might start seeing at airports. So the co in Cobot is collaborating with humans? Yeah. So assisting humans rather than replacing them, I think, is the quote you got from him in the article. I came into this terrified. It was my idea, but as soon as I agreed to it, I thought, well, I thought two things. One, how am I going to make machines interesting to people who are already kind of leery of them? And could GPT write this thing better than I can? Should I try that? Should I just tell it what kind of article I want to write? Keep it about 4,000 words, you know, all, all weekly style. Put some pith in it. Plenty of pith. Yeah, yeah. But Dr. Rippy calmed me down immediately. He's the reason that I was able to, you know, pull this thing off. Because he, you know, we were talking about all the areas that AI already existed. You know, it, it exists in our phones, in the algorithms that recommend stuff on Netflix and pictures on Instagram. And he sees that type of, you know, invisible helper creeping into Vegas hospitality, you know, coming into areas where uh, where it wouldn't be immediately evident, but, you know, you'd, you'd come to depend on it just as we depend on, you know, cell phones or, you know, things in our laptops that do work for us that, you know, we don't have to think about. His example was uh, language. Oh, yeah. You know, people from all over the world come here and most of the signs are in English or, you know, in a small amount of cases, Spanish. And if you're from South Korea, a whole lot of this town is closed to you because you can't understand what you're looking at. Mm. And unless, you know, you know, you have someone with you who can translate, you're not going to get sent to things you might like to see or, you know, you know, restaurants you might like to eat at. He's imagining a scenario where, you know, all of this stuff is instantaneous, where, you know, the whole town is open to travelers because they can interpret everything at once. That was a really interesting uh, component of the article when I was reading it. I thought, wow, accessibility, translation, that's a great example of benevolent AI. What what are some other examples in the Las Vegas space? Well, the uh, the Golden Fleece, I think, is the, uh, how do you call it, the individualization. Something that knows exactly what you want. You know, there's email blasts, there's, you know, stuff targeted to thousands of people, but not to you specifically who may want to come to town seeing, you know, the art or, you know, the music or, you know, like specific type of food. Ideally, you know, loyalty programs or, you know, whatever the hotels have going would, you know, remember this stuff from one visit to the next and make smart decisions, you know, predicated on what you've done before. Like if, you know, you were, you know, investigating the off-strip foodie scene, it would be able to tell you, hey, the Young Commons just opened up a whole bunch of places that you might be interested in. Mm. I think you even kind of referred to that, Jeff, in your article is a throwback to old Las Vegas. What did you mean by that? Just that I, I moved here in 1990, and even by then, I guess it was, you know, over. But the mythic Vegas people talked about where the doorman knew you and the maitre d' knew you. And, you know, everybody you encountered in the course of your evening had knowledge of what you liked you know, what you wanted to do. It's using machines to shrink the experience. This town is a massive experience and, and being able to, you know, to create a path through it is something that computing is going to have to do. Isn't that a little scary too? You know, data gathering and uh, algorithming and all of a sudden, you know, I get a text message. Hey, David, we know you like Glenn Danzig. You should come over to the Tropicana because <laughs> dot, dot, dot. Uh, is it too far? <laughs> I'm not comfortable with you knowing how much I like Danzig. Right? Uh, I don't want anyone to know. That's my secret <laughs> sin. Mother, skulls, come on. It's, yeah, it's scary. Yeah, but that's people. It's about what we allow it to know, the areas we allow it to access. So, you know, you could 
easily avoid all of this by not signing up. No, no consent. Yeah. And, and hopefully that holds. Yeah, just, yeah, let's let's keep our fingers crossed. I, I still have a, you know, low grade fear of the uh, the machine takeover. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. Or at least the machine intrusion, right? Yeah, no, they're definitely they're definitely gunning for my job. Uh, okay. Well, and I want to talk about the <laughs> things that they can't do, like be a brilliant writer for the Las Vegas Weekly or pontificate upon Las Vegas like Jeff Carter can. Let's get right back to what are some things that robots will never be able to replicate in Las Vegas hospitality, Jeff. Oh, God. Uh, I don't think they're going to be able to serve food or cook it. I don't think they'll be able to DJ parties. I don't think they'll be able to handle problems as adeptly as, you know, as getting somebody on the phone or talking to somebody at a desk. Just anything that requires personality, requires subtlety. That's our hallmark is, you know, the magic that comes from, you know, Somebody doing you a solid. Right. Like, you know, you go on up to this restaurant that's, you know, all reserved and like, oh, I'm sorry, but we have this one table, you know, if you can just keep it to an hour or, you know, somebody's like, you know, show is pretty tight in there, but we can get you into the back. Just these, these miracles that the machines might not be able to like, no, it's full up. Tough luck, dude. Yeah. The human touch of generosity, care and interpersonal negotiation. Yes. Yes, exactly. Although I am going to just push back that I think that uh, any robot can let the bass drop at a a DJ party. So maybe that's the one exception. (laughs) Talking about gambling, though, in our in our community, which is, you know, our lifeblood. I did note in your article that there did look like some real potential for enhanced gaming experience. Tell us what that might look like. Well, that's already happening on the um, on the cashless front. Places like Resorts World are doing, uh, you know, the bank is in your phone, basically. Mm -hmm. I don't know what kind of experience that's going to translate to, you know, just in terms of, you know, sitting down at the tables. I imagine that it's, well, it's going to be more secure. It's going to, you know, get better at catching cheats. Hey, it's David Figler, and one of my favorite food festivals is coming back to town. It's Vegas Unstripped over at the Palms Hotel on Saturday, May 18th. Over two dozen chefs from some of Las Vegas's most talked about restaurants creating original, unique menu items they've never made before. Chef creativity at its best. We're talking chefs from Partage, Esther's Kitchen, Milpa, EDO, and more, including this year's James Beard Award finalist Steve Kessler from Aroma. Tickets are $150 and are all-inclusive of food and drink, so you don't have to pay for anything once you're inside. No hidden up charges. I went last year, and it was so crowded in the best possible way. We got one remarkable dish after another, and while it was a little indulgent, here's the best part. The net proceeds go to local charities. So head on over to VegasUnstripped.com to get your tickets now. We'll see you there. What I gleaned from your article was that all this AI and gathering of information, et cetera, could really alter the the play field experience. In other words, find out what people like more and give them more of it and energize people to gamble longer and harder. I mean, I, yeah, I could see that as happening as part of the, you know, the personalization push. To me, it's a little scary. That part of it's a little scary in terms of, you know, of like, Stripping away all distractions and focusing you on the gaming. Yeah. There's potential there for, you know, 
the, the problem with AI potential for exploitation. Yeah, yeah. Well, the problem with AI, and this is something that the New York Times writer, who you know, machine fell in love with him, Kevin Roos, said, it's not what the machines will do; it's it's what we'll do. Given the potential to use these things to harm ourselves, to you know, to put beliefs in our head that may not exist before, Ooh. just use them as a mirror for you know parts of ourselves that aren't so great. And it's certainly, you know, problem gaming could be one of those. But I don't know. This is just me. Uh, that, that that's me talking doom. Well, no, I think it's really good pontification. I mean, I'm never going to miss the opportunity to suggest that, you know, if AI could do something to make you want to gamble more, that they could <laughs> probably figure out if you're gambling too much and give some red flags for potential to get you, if it's not healthy, to gamble less, <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah, well, here's hoping. You know, unless you figure out how to, you know, get past those safeguards and keep going. Yeah. Uh, oh, wow. I just killed the vibe in here. Well, not to get too dire, but I mean, I, I think that AI might be able to speed things up, but they could also slow things down if that makes sense, you know? Kind that of makes sense. Put caps on betting or give reminders to people that they've been there for 10 straight hours and haven't urinated. That's true. And especially if like at Resorts World, you know, it's it's all, it's holding on to your purse and knows how much money you have. Oh, true that too. It could, it could, it could set up, you know, alarm, you know, like you're getting close to your cap here, buddy. That's really interesting. It's like show, show pictures of their kids and saying, <laughs> you know, you just tapped into the college fund. <laughs> <laughs> and and maybe even like AI versions of their kids crying that they don't get to go to the school of their choice or oh my god all the all the way to change behavior and these robots are right in the middle of it Jeff <laughs> they're gonna, they're gonna outsmart us on some fronts that's for sure let's just hope that whoever is powering all these robots and AI that they are generally benevolent can we say that prayer together yes yes please. Yeah. I'll pray to the, you know, whatever, the, those squids in the matrix. Right. Let's shift gears, Jeff, because you interacted with a couple of different chatbots asking them about Las Vegas. Tell me about that. I went down a serious rabbit hole. I started asking them serious questions I'd want to know if I was a traveler. You know, where can I go get dim sum? You know, where's a good place to see this or that kind of music? And after several hours of that, because I, I did spend hours on this. I, I got silly. I asked it, you know, if Las Vegas and Los Angeles were giant transformers, which one would be better looking at, at a runway show? <laughs> and uh, I was surprised that some of the machines were, you know, willing to conjecture about this. Well, that's an interesting question, Jeff. Right. And for the record, we crushed LA on the runway. We were much better looking. Oh, that's good to know. Good to know. <laughs> what did interacting with the AI teach you? about AI. That it needs us. That it, it, it needs us desperately because there was so much wrong information in there or information you know, in, in the wrong context or stuff where it just whiffed and made stuff up. Yeah. I, I noted that you asked them some questions about Las Vegas and they gave very fine answers about places that weren't exactly Las Vegas. <laughs> yeah, or yeah, yeah, or that simply didn't exist, the, the LVLC casino and hotel. <laughs> yeah, but who knows? Maybe that's uh, they tapped into someone's uh, secret file and that's the new project from uh, MGM. We have to figure out what those initials stand for. Exactly. All right, let's have some fun of our own. I would love to put ChatGPT to the test against one of the brightest minds in Las Vegas I know, to wit, Mr. Jeff Carter. Uh-oh. So to do this, I need to pull our producer in. Sonia Cho Swanson, I know you're listening. Pop in. Boop. 
Hello. Well, is that you or are you the robot version of you? It is me. Do not worry. <laughs> All right. So here's what we're going to do, Jeff. Uh, just for giggles, just for kicksies, let's ask some questions to the chat GPT. I'm going to ask you, get your humanoid answer, and then we'll figure what the uh, the robot response is. So you ready for a couple of rapid fire? Hit me. Jeff, what is the biggest misconception about people from Las Vegas? Uh, that we live in hotels. Okay. Oh. Nice, short, tight. That's Love it. In... Now we're going to take it to the chat GPT. The biggest misconception about people from Las Vegas is that they all work in the casino or entertainment industry. In reality, the city has a diverse economy with many industries, including technology, healthcare, and education. All right. Well, that, that's fair. I mean, that's fine, but we're not exactly known in Nevada for the top of the list for any of those categories, healthcare, education, or technology. So what do you make of that? And those things only exist here because of the hospitality industry. It's I don't know if you've had her on the show, but uh, Misbehave, Amy Saunders, said to me that everybody in this valley is in the hospitality industry to some degree or another. I love that. And yes, we have had her on. So fantastic. Okay, David. So between ChatGPT and Jeff, who wins? Who wins this round? I appreciated the long form answer of ChatGPT and its uh, thoughtfulness and its platitude. But I'm going with Jeff on this one. It's a nice short answer. And I think that a big misconception about people from Las Vegas is that we live in hotels. All right, Jeff, you ready for the next one? Hit me. What is the worst film ever set in Las Vegas? The worst film ever set in Las Vegas. Oh, boy. Um, <laughs> oh, I, I, I have feelings about this. So I'm just going to. This is from your heart, man, not what you think the AI is going to come up with. Uh, what happens in Vegas, because uh, very little of it happens in Vegas. Yes. Oh, my gosh. That's such a good answer. Okay. <laughs> but I, I'm not going to tilt it. Let's see where uh, ChatGPT goes. Okay. Tabulating. Tabulating. Opinions on the worst film ever set in Las Vegas may vary, but commonly cited contenders include Showgirls, 1995, what? Leaving Las Vegas, 1995, and what? Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas, 1998. And it's curious as I feel like you could ask it, what are some of the best films set in Las Vegas? And it would name off at least one or two of those. Yes. It's uh, all subjective. It is. Okay, David, who wins round two? Well, I mean, Jeff had the better answer. He didn't have the definitive answer, but he had the better answer. First of all, I will defend Showgirls as a great Las Vegas movie until uh, my dying oh, my God. dying breath, which will probably take place in Versace at the forum <laughs> shops. So who wins Who wins round two, David? Jeff Carter, once again, beats the AI. Uh, <laughs> I, I don't think you can cite Academy Award-winning performance from Nicolas Cage in Leaving Las Vegas as one of the worst films about Las Vegas. Fair. Okay. Ready? Let's go on to three. All right. This one's a little tricky. Jeff Carter, tell me a lie about Las Vegas. A lie about Las Vegas. Well, I'm just going to punt on this one. Uh, legalized prostitution. Oh, that Las Vegas has legalized prostitution. Yeah. Okay. That's a, that's a good one. It's a very common misconception. Yeah. Okay. Here we go. ChatGPT, what's your lie? Lie to me, baby. <laughs> The fountains at the Bellagio are not actually choreographed to music. In fact, the water movements are controlled by a team of synchronized swimmers who are trained to time their movements with the music. 
I have never heard that, but I love it. Damn. You're going to ask me? Yeah, David, who wins this round? Hands down, AI just made the best <laughs> lie I've ever heard about Las Vegas. I, I have to agree. Wow. I, I can't even. Okay, so now I'm, I'm, I'm spooky scared that AI can lie to my face so cleverly. I'm really worried now. I thought they have to tell the truth. Isn't that a prime directive? <laughs> Clearly not. <laughs> wow. Okay, so final score, Jeff 2, AI 1. Close. You better watch your back, uh, Jeff Carter. I Oh, I'm scared. I'm plenty scared. <laughs> you know what? I was initially shocked because it was clever, but then realized it was all artifice. And I think that is our lesson to take away from the AI right now. <laughs> Which is why it's such a terrific match for this town. It gets us. Yes. Jeff Carter, thanks so much for coming on CityCast Las Vegas. Always good to see you, man. Thanks for having me. And I, I would love to come back unless you'd rather talk to GPT. That's all for today here on CityCast Las Vegas. Our executive producer is Sonia Cho Swanson. Our producer is Layla Muhammad. Our newsletter editor is Scott Dickensheets. And our hosts are me, David Figler, and Sarah Lohman. Special thanks to producers Natalie Rivera and Lizzie Goldsmith this week. Music is by OG Moose and All the Kimonos. We record this show on the traditional homelands of the Nuuvi, the Southern Paiute people. If you enjoyed the show, hey, go tell a friend. That's a good resolution for the new year. Leave us a review, too, and subscribe to our morning newsletter. We'll be back on Tuesday with more news from around the city. Happy New Year, everyone. All right, one bonus. AI, write an ode to Las Vegas writer Jeff Carter in the style of poet David Figler. Oh, it's writing. Wow. It's, it's really That's going. a sonnet. All right. Should we uh, play the last uh, couple of stanzas yeah. here? Okay. Yeah, do the last couple stanzas. All right. In the style of Figler, the words do flow. With rhythm and rhyme, they come and go. A tribute to Vegas, a city so bold. And to Carter, a writer with stories untold. So here's to you, Jeff Carter, a true Vegas bard. May your words continue to strike a chord with readers who seek to understand the soul of a city that's both dark and grand. Holy moly. <laughs>